Welcome to the Paint of Red Quarterly Slush Pile. It's episode 99.7 or something. I don't know. I don't know. Everything's very scrambled and we don't really um, release these in order, but welcome. So the Paint of Red Quarterly Slush Pile is about revealing to you our editorial process. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to read some poems and we're going to discuss them with our editorial board. And um, the I and the R and the we that I keep talking about starts with um, me, I guess, since I have the mic figuratively. <laughs> um, I'm Kathleen Volkmiller, and um, I write essays and memoir, and I direct the graduate program in publishing here at Drexel and a million other things that would take up all our hour if we talked about it. Um, <laughs> We're in the studio that I find super sexy, even though we're sitting at a view desk. Somehow it turns me on. Um, and here I am. And on my right is our brand spanking shiny new co-op. Hello, I'm Joseph, the brand spanking new co-op. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I, uh, I'm Kathy's editorial assistant and digital communications co-op. I help manage the submissions portal, uh, manage interns, and do other various sorts of work with the podcast and other publications from PBQ, DPG, and the works. Yeah, and he's a Gemini. I am a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> and on his right is Tim Fitz. I'm Tim Fitz, and I teach first year writing here at Drexel creative writing at the Curtis Institute of Music and Penn State Brandywine. I'm pleased to announce the release of my new short story collection, Go Home and Cry for Yourselves, published by Xavier Bress. Woohoo! <laughs> um, yeah, we're really excited about that. We also have Matt, the um, sound engineer co-op. Just say hi, Matt. Hello. Thank you. The other brands that can be co-op. Yeah. Um, Jason is... Um, Unable to join us today, but we have ladies in the UAE. Hi, Samantha. <laughs> Hi, I'm Samantha, and I work at NYU Abu Dhabi as an instructor. Yay. <laughs> Yay, and I'm Marion, <laughs> who is across town from Samantha. I'm also in the UAE, um, and I work as uh, the director of the writing program here at NYU Abu Dhabi, where I also teach first-year writing. Um, and my students are in a class with me called Taste, Culture, and the Self. And they've been listening in to our podcast, um, trying to decipher the very process of determining what makes a poem good, what makes editors decide uh, that a poem is up to snuff and um, perfect for publication. So greetings to my students in Taste, Culture, and the Soft. <laughs> uh, we're in a couple classrooms this year. Uh, Major Jackson at the uh, University of Vermont is teaching a course on literary podcasting and having them listen in as well. So shout out to Vermont. Greetings from months. Greetings yeah. from months. Yeah. I'll be meeting you guys in early November. And um, last week I had the um, great honor, or last week, see, look how time scrambles. I, know. I had two, I don't know. I just got back from the UAE myself. So now I can <laughs> picture Marion in her apartment. I didn't make it out to Reams Island, but I met Samantha. 
Yay! And, <laughs> and I really have to tell everybody about this. Have you seen these watches? This is about time being meaningless, right? Have you seen these new watches that are filled with fairy dust? Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Marion, Marion, Marion. Need a fairy dust watch immediately. <laughs> you need it so badly. Wait till you hear what happens. Okay. People find those beautiful um, antique watches that that like are really skinny, delicate, feminine bracelets, like on wow. a kind of stretchy cord, not a not a leather band. Can you you know what I mean? A metal, yeah. right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The expandable wristwatch, and they pop the face off. They take out the watch pieces they bust them all up and then they put shattered mirror and parts of the watch back in the watch and close love it back it. up love it i okay i know i christmas, know christmas is coming and or my gemini birthday that's <laughs> much farther away but I know. um so I was at this um, open studio thing on Sunday where you wandered around and looked in people's um, studios wow. uh, and they like kind of half gallery, half studio, their spaces. And it was amazing. And um, um, Marisa Lombardi, Lombardo from the Artemis makes these watches. And that's when I first got turned on. I was like shaking. So um, we'll put a link to uh, her on our site. It's they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And um, yeah, so I had to say that. Well, I love I love the idea of fairy dust being an image to, that captures the fact that you were only what here with me a week ago, and now you're back in Philadelphia, and as if this is normal life and the great world spins, right? Yes. And that Samantha, Samantha, how long have you been in the UAE? Like uh, the six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. You're six, six years in the UAE, but we know you've got silly roots too, right? So the world is vast. The world is small. <laughs> the world is full of pixie fairy dust. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, time really only has the meaning you attribute to it. You know, I told Marion, I got very jacked on my way home, took me 33 hours and I was standing <laughs> there waiting for the, um, Uber to pick me up in Philly and I was it was 11 30 p.m. and I was still gonna be able to make my 10 a.m. class and I was like this is still a miracle I still mm-hmm. just came almost 7,000 miles you know mm-hmm. so anyway yeah so beautiful stuff beautiful stuff so happy that I've seen your life there um, and Yay. all of that said let's jump into these uh, beautiful poems we have for today um, yes. The first one up is by Kayla Carcone, and it's called Benediction for the Boy Who'd Know It Was His. Okay, so this is Kayla Carcone, Benediction for the Boy Who'd Know It Was His. Happy birthday to us, from me. This is not a gift. I will remember you every August 21st for every August 21st I get to see. I will remember you every time there is providence, every time there is consequence, every time I am dizzied by a cigarette breeze blown, a spinning tornado of someone who is not you. I will hear your tap, 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 knuckle kiss, shock, the coffee shop window, watch your metamorphosis from October boy mystery to November boy slick to December boy sick every time I choke on the letters of your name. The letters that string together November 16th. Reminders that you were never here but aren't gone. 
hear your tap, 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 knuckle kismet in my head at night when there are other boys who, like you, won't remember me after. But somehow, every time, I will confuse confession for repentance. I will confuse indifference for misplacement. I will confuse myself, think, I cannot hear you. I will remember you every time death is a dial tone. Wonder if you made it to 20 or if I'd even find out if you didn't. I will blame myself for failing to save this, the blind sin of unholy devotion. An Indian summer on Mount Sinai, every time there is consequence. With our names both sewn into the same calendar box, let there be light for candles and cigarettes. Your smoke, a ghost, something like a Pentecost. I will remember you every time I blow out candles, every August 21st, for every August 21st I get to see. We share, and I am one trip around the sun behind you, but I will wonder if you even celebrate your birthday when all you ever talk about is dying. Make a wish. I cannot hear you. Mm-hmm. What a gorgeous reading, Kathleen. Gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to read it. Both Marriott and Kayla Carcom. Um, yeah. So, uh, listeners, as you recall, I hope that you're loyal and have been here before. But if you're new, know that you can go to pbqmag.org and look at this poem either um, now, we'll wait for you, or as we're uh, talking about it or later or before you listen or whatever. The poems are always available to you before the show's dropped. Mm-hmm. So what are we thinking? So what I'm thinking is this poem starts out with something as as benign and gorgeous as benediction, right? Benediction for the boy who'd know it was his. And then the first line of the poem is italics, happy birthday to us from me, colon, this is not a gift. Is such like a, a powerful, like, you know, it's just an invocation that we are in the presence of the voice of this speaker, like just really ballsy, right? And then it moves mm-hmm. into this sort of like half lament, half um, celebration, half devastation, if there could be three halves of the thing. <laughs> but it is gorgeously, gorgeously tumbling across this a set of ideas um, that tracks a, a kind of what, what feels to me like someone who's bereft, truly bereft. Yeah. yeah. And pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get a lot of hurt too, mm-hmm. like bereft and pissed, but like I get hurt and like sort of maybe grief. Like, um, I'm getting a lot of, so like the speaker as she's speaking to, um, whoever this boy is, whose birthday they share, I'm getting like the idea that one or both of them is like struggling with some kind of, well, the mental struggle, maybe mental illness. And I mean, uh, that's kind of what I've got right now. That's what I'm sort of building off of and like thinking of it's a loaded poem (laughs) for sure. And it's beautiful. 
Yeah. I love that phrase, Joseph. It is a loaded poem, right? So yes. there's, there's something here about August 21st, right? Whether it's a shared birthday or the, it, it's a date that signifies something, right? That joins these two people together for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, she, and if you look maybe 10 lines down or so, she chokes on the letters of your name, right? Mm-hmm. The letters that string together November 16th, reminders that you were never here but aren't gone, Right here, your tap, 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 knuckle, kismet. Oh man, it's like there's something that that's drawn the two of them together and then locks them into this negative charge. Um, yeah. That's just stunning. Yeah, I I just can't get over how she captured this feeling. You know, yeah. um, those of me you who know me and know my aesthetic, I really love things like tap, 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 knuckle, kiss, shock. And um, you can get heavy handed with that. And she's just, it's so, it, she does that exactly where it needs to be done. If she doesn't overdo that at all. Mm-hmm. Samantha, how are you feeling? I really like this poem and I'm trying to work out like all the religious imagery and mm-hmm. like what that means and, and what that means for her maybe thoughts on death. Um, and you know, if, if she is religious, the, the narrator, if she's not like, does that mean that she believes maybe there'll be an, a reunion someday and that, you know, kind of all this missing and all this celebrating is, is for something, um, which kind of adds like a hope to it. And I don't see that in here, but you know, she even says near the end, like make a wish, um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. That's um, a lot of what you said about the tap tap, kind of that knuckle shock reminds me of, you know, David Bowie or something. I like this. Um, But trying to figure out what the religious imagery is saying is where I'm at. You know, and on on those lines, Samantha, too, it's like, like, so the, this boy gets constructed over a series of dates, right? So watch your metamorphosis from October boy mystery. So maybe that means when they first met to November boy slick to, you know, maybe there's some erotic charge there to December boy sick, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I choke on the letters of your name, the letters that string together November 16th. So like, so that then the next date we get is, is August 21st. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's this, like, I don't know, like there, there's a code. It feels like she's tap, tap, tapping out a code too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so what is it about the the significance of these dates that I, I, it's, um, I, I don't know that they're pegged to religious imagery or not. Maybe they are, but it's, it's not, I can't quite decipher it though. I, I have some hunches about, you know, the span of time from November to August, right? That's, uh, that might signal something about their relationship or, um, and things went quickly from meeting October to December, there being a sickness, um, kind of like a very whirlwind, uh, romance. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just going to, push on this too there's you know if you count out on your fingers the, the space between november and august right like isn't it's nine months right yeah. november, December, january February, March, 
right? The end of November to middle August, right? There's, I don't know if that's significant, but it could be, right? The benediction for the boy who'd know it was his. I'm already in the title going, what's the it? Is it for his birthday? Yeah. Is it, what's, what's the it there, right? And it's, it just feels like this poem is, is a punch in the gut, but it's speaking in code. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I, 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 what do you, I wonder what you all think about that. Um, yeah, because I'm oh, sorry, Kim, go ahead. I was going to say, this is not a gift. Like at first I thought maybe that meant the celebration or this poem, but maybe it could mean something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's funny cause there's one boy Right. But there could be a boy and a baby. Um, like there's textual evidence both ways. Right. Remember that you reminders that you were never here, but aren't gone. OK, so that's a baby. It could have been. Right. Um, but then also in my head at night when there are other boys who like you won't remember me after. Right. Like other other relationships, other experiences mm-hmm. so I don't know I don't know but I just know that um I would read it every day ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you know what though is it weird can we hear it one more time do you mind doing you did such a beautiful job reading it would it be totally weird to read it one more time do you think I would love to hear it again Me I treat you that do, do it do it do it yeah. All right. All right, Kayla. Thank you, Kayla Carcone. Benediction for the boy who'd know it was his. Happy birthday to us from me. This is not a gift. I will remember you every August 21st for every August 21st I get to see. I will remember you every time there is providence, every time there is consequence, every time I'm dizzied by a cigarette breeze blown, a spinning tornado of someone who is not you. I will hear your tap, 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 knuckle kiss shock, the coffee shop window, watch your metamorphosis from October boy mystery to November boy slick to December boy sick every time I choke on the letters of your name the letters that string together November 16th. Reminders that you were never here but aren't gone. Hear your tap, 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 knuckle kismet in my head at night when there are other boys who, like you, won't remember me after. But somehow, every time, I will confuse confession for repentance. I will confuse indifference for misplacement. I will confuse myself, think, I cannot hear you. I will remember you every time death is a dial tone. Wonder if you made it to 20 or if I'd even find out if you didn't. I will blame myself for failing to save this, the blind sin of unholy devotion, an Indian summer on Mount Sinai, every time there's consequence. With our names both sewn into the same calendar box, let there be light for candles and cigarettes, your smoke, a ghost, something like a Pentecost. I will remember you every time I blow out candles, every August 21st, for every August 21st I get to see, we share. And I am one trip around the sun behind you, 
that I will wonder if you even celebrate your birthday when all you ever talk about is dying. Make a wish. I cannot hear you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> thanks, Kathleen. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's an arm hair poem. That's going to yeah, be my new yeah. thing. Arm hair yeah. poem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a loaded poem. That's what Joseph said. Yeah, loaded that's a good poem. one, too. It's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, Tim, you've been gravely silent over there. Well, in class, when we talk about poems that deal with grief, the first thing we try to do is try to place it um, in the five stages, where, like what point it is, and then go from there. And then we talk about the different emotions that accompany those phases. And we talk about, obviously, worthlessness is the phase where it's the most dangerous because that's when you start to cause yourself harm. And and, and, uh, bargaining is generally the most humiliating phase because that's when people can see you thinking that you can do something about your situation. Right. And, And I like how the poet here, it seems to be obviously in the bargaining phase, but instead of producing some sort of humiliating action, the author is uh, making something beautiful. And I'm not totally sure what the poem is about. Yeah. But I like the fact that they're grappling with this this sense of loss without embarrassing themselves. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of honorable thing going on here. Yeah. And I find that, to me, that's kind of an amazing thing because it really is a horrible thing when you are going through those stages of grief and you just make it worse by thinking you can do something about it and everyone has yeah. to stand around and wait for you to wait for that yeah. to pass. Yeah. And I think it's in that way for me, it's, it's inspiring. Oh my goodness. I love that read. I love that word honorable, mm-hmm. right? She does manage to do this and not be overly sentimental or, mm-hmm maudlin or make you feel sorry for me you know what i mean it's uh it 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 is what it is and she's very much owning whatever the situation was right right yeah 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 um i know that i'm ready to vote yeah Mm -hmm. And we, and I, I don't know, with reading it twice, I think we spent a good, you know, a nice amount of time thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Matt, they're going to text you. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, oh. vote. And it's unanimous. <laughs> and that is no surprise. Oh, no. Yeah, this, this is an amazing poem. And... Can we take a minute now, Mayor? Tell the story. <laughs> okay, so I'm this, gonna yeah. I'm gonna try to get through this story without weeping. Okay, <laughs> I, I have I have told this story since I've been back. I think approximately approximately maybe 124 times. I think, and I have <laughs> cried every time. But um, Marion was talking about her um, taste and culture class, and. Um, I had the uh, honor to use that word again today um, to speak to her class with Marion. And we um, did a lit mag talk and um, 
at one point early in the early in the um, class, she'd asked the class to go around the room and say and introduce themselves, and every person said their home country, which she hadn't even asked them to do, but they identified, you know, by saying, "I'm Joseph. I'm from Pakistan," or whatever it was, right? And um, I kept waiting as we went around this conference table for a country to get repeated, but there weren't. There were twelve students in the room, and everybody was from a different country. So I was already kind of. Um, awestruck by that um and their english was perfect they they speak better than you guys joseph you know you know how that goes um not you particularly specifically um so we have this talk and then i read this we tell them okay you are now automatically editors of pain and bread quarterly we bet deputize them and then i read this poem and then we discussed this poem. And these kids were so brilliant and so articulate that by the time the guy on my right, shout out his name, Mayor. Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. Gabriel. By the time Gabriel was talking, I was actually having a hard time holding myself together. I like, I really was like tears were in the back of my eyes. And, and I just, I was just, I hate to use the word awesome, when we don't mean it the way we used to, you know what I mean? Like awestruck. It, mm -hmm. I was filled with awe at their brilliance and their yeah. ability to um, engage with this poem that was not in anyone's native language in the room. And, um, and then we voted. You take over, Mayor. <laughs> so, you know, when I tell the story, I like to think we said close your eyes and vote, but I know that's not what we did. <laughs> But it, but it kind of felt like it, like this Thelma and Louise moment. We all just sort of like linked arms and, and then took this leap. And when yeah. we opened our eyes, there were 12 thumbs straight up in the air. So um, I think this poet needs to know, Kayla, that the world read your poem and the world loved your poem. Yeah. And it was astounding to be in the presence of that and also to have Kathy in the room for it. So what the, the one little piece I would add to this is, you know, Kathleen and I have been working together for almost 25 years. That was the first time that we were lucky enough to, to, to be teaching poetry together, right? And yeah. using PBQ in this, in this particular capacity, co-teaching a class. And it was transcendent in every, every imaginable way you can define that word. So I am, it's like, grateful that you were here in the UAE, grateful to NYU Abu Dhabi. And I think the students in that room um, reminded me how much I love working with you and how much I love working with them, right? Like through this exchange and reading of, of benediction for the boy who'd know it was his. So thank you. Thank you, universe. <laughs> I almost made it through without crying. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Tim just handed me a box of tissues. <laughs> it was, it was, it really was. I've been, I swear it was one of the most profound teaching moments of my life. Yeah. And, you know, we, we could spend the rest of the hour on this, but for these students who had to get coffee shop defined, because each country thinks of coffee shop as a different thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. and their readings of this poem, it would take the whole hour to tell you the ways they came at it, you know, from all of these different um, perspectives. Everybody had such widely different interpretations that it did feel like we were closing our eyes and jumping off a cliff when we said vote. Yeah. I had no idea what was gonna happen. 
And then to see that unanimous yes come back, yeah, it was it was profound. It was profound. Yeah. So Kayla Carcone, take that to the bank, right? Yeah. Sleep, sleep on that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and we have another poem by her, and I voluntold Marion. Ooh, all right, Kayla Carcone, get ready because this is one we did not talk about um, nope. in advance of this podcast. Um, this is called Foresight. Foresight in the morning when I am still pulsing in shades of fever dream, seeing the day burn to color by cracked kitchen light, I will wonder what your face must look like sleeping, staying. How quickly you would tire of the sick girl spinning plates and spinning crazy across the coffees. How quickly the jewelry box sprung open. You watch the ballerina bleed out from her knees and you learn you never really knew her at all. How quickly you would slip out of the theater, gripping the untossed rose stem, spilling red to your elbow. How it is not the same. How you'd splash all over the car seat, scream at her fault for crying at your absence at curtain call, for tapping at the window, for smoothing out those rose petals on the drive home. Tell me again how this was not what you signed up for. Slam the box shut, throw her into the attic, and run for the getaway car. Your hands hide their wispy scars well. I was never here. I will never come back. Will brush my teeth with honey, call out sick, and fade. Wow. Can you hear us? Dang. Am I hearing snappage? Yeah. <laughs> that's some snappage. Well, yeah, that that's poem. some poem. That's some poem. Sure. I have to say that poem makes you slow down. That poem. Yeah, I heard right? you do that. I heard you do yeah. that. She yeah. did that, Carla. Carla made me slow down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you see? What do you see with this with this unfolding image of the ballerina in the jewelry box and her bloody knees? Oh my goodness, Marion, you know what how quickly you would tire of the sick girl spinning plates and spitting crazy coffee, across yep. the coffees. Mm-hmm. What? Right? I mean, my I think my, I think something just broke in my brain. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. I like all the verbs. I feel like there's so much action happening. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it doesn't feel like like a narrative story. It doesn't doesn't feel narrative, the poem. These things are happening and they have happened and they're going to happen again. And and there's also these, you know, tones of of mental health as well, like the other one. so yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I like this a lot. Brush my teeth with honey. I'm not gonna do that again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Call out sick and fade. M death. Yeah. Listeners, when you see it on the page. Call out sick and fade. M dash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like you're you're almost exhausted after reading this, right? Like it's so to use Joseph's words, loaded. It's so dense, it's so intense. You need a rest. Mm-hmm. But I, and again, there's something about the velocity of it too, right? There's yeah. it's like it 
it, it's, it hurdles, right? It's propulsive. And then she starts doing some wacky shit with periods. And, and you're looking at sentences that aren't actually sentences because she doesn't start with an initial cap. Right, right after right. she drops the terminal mark of punctuation, and so that's tricky on on the on the eye of the reader, um, but it does just you know move into like increasingly like and this is the risky part like increasingly potentially cliched images of like you know there's something about like a, a ballerina and a rose after the show and there's something about a curtain call and you think like ish like this might not. And end in with an edge, right? It might collapse into some sort of wackadoo sentimentality, but then it goes right, like into this into this desperate and fascinating spot. Your hands hide their wispy scars. Well, I was never here. I will never come back. Right? Like what? <laughs> the actual fuck. Is that <laughs> and how and and I'm paying attention like I'm like on on the edge of my my both my seat and my understanding and I'm in right absolutely like, like that. yeah absolutely tell me again how this was not what you signed up for slam the box shut throw her into the attic and run for the getaway car yeah what mm-hmm. yikes it's like yikes it's a good yikes but it's yikes you know it's just so boom <laughs> i don't know yeah. how to describe it yeah so on the yikes joseph right like there's a kind of like emotional sophistication and intensity that's compacted into these poems but then when you slow down to sort of unpack the images they're almost almost nonsensical like it and i think that's what that's what's gorgeous about it like we're it, it's achie- like achieving a kind of sense through the surrealness, like or the or the sort of like it, like the inward facing monologue here. Like this person's speaking again in a kind of code that it that is that does make itself known to the reader, even if we're hard pressed to say precisely what the references are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite know what the poems are about, but I feel like. The moment I did, it would kind of sap the energy out of yeah. I like yeah. there's just the right amount of negative space mm-hmm. in the poem to uh, to get it where it needs to be. Um, so, which is really interesting that she can write so many details and still leave me feeling <laughs> like I'm not quite sure what it's about. Sure, right. Uh, Samantha said it was filled with verbs and it's got lots and lots of concrete imagery in here yeah. too, right? It, it, we cannot say this is abstract, but it, but it doesn't it seem is hard random to make, either. Right. It's like not just mm-hmm. random. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. You know how sometimes uh, Marion and Tim, I'm sure, and Samantha, I don't know anything about your pedagogy, but I'm sure that when... Um, you're teaching poems and or we talk about PBQ and our aesthetic, it's so difficult to define. And just the other day, um, we have a new uh, poet on our staff um, and we were talking to him about how to know what to say yes to. And uh, Paul has recently spoken a few times as a guest in a couple classes. And he said that he told the class what I told him when he first started with us, which was... Oh, it's, um, I don't remember. 
Um, like it's, do you want to share it with somebody to your immediate reaction to, mm -hmm. to turn to somebody and go, look at this, because you have to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. I would feel that way about this for sure. Well, and it's also what you said to my class, Kathy, too, which is like, do you want to spend more time with it? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, does it and it's it, it does it reward the rereading re um, is a little bit even more like abstract. But it's like, do you want to spend time with it? And, and my my answer would be, yeah. Right. Like, what is this about? Like, and what, how do those images sort of constellate here? And yeah. So there's that. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to vote. Wait, Tim Fitz, are you ready, Tim Fitz? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, all right, good. But I want to add one more thing. It sort of reminds me of a um, when I first moved to Korea, I, was, uh, I bought a John Coltrane cassette. That's how long ago it was. And the liner notes were talking about how John Coltrane either goes close to the root note, goes past the root note, or implies the root note in some way without hitting it, which creates this tension in your mind where you're always wow. finishing the, the sentence for his music. And it kind of reminds me of what uh, mm. Kayla is doing with her work, where it brings you right up to the edge of the subject and then, and then but doesn't hit, hit that intentionally. It doesn't seem like it's an accident. So wow. I feel like that has a similar effect. Okay, Tim Fitz, that's twice tonight, right? So I'm still hung up mm -hmm. on your description of grief and humiliation and how she dodges that problem in the first poem, right? Like, that's a gorgeous way of thinking about the first poem. And now I am thinking about the second poem as a kind of jazz, right? Like, the way she's able to be fully expressive, right? Uh, and also... Um, coded and, and intricately woven uh, in, in, in the delivery of these emotions, right? In the naming of these emotions. Dang, Tim Fitz. <laughs> well done. Well done. Actually, side note too, there's another, there's a video I watched the other night about who was the Led Zeppelin guitar uh, drummer? Was it John Bonham? John Bonham. Right. Yeah. So there's a great video about the genius of his drumming too, that, that gets right to this point. Like he was listening to a different kind of like music and rhythm and in the way that he was able to sort of like create those driving um, like drum lines that sort of support the, the rest of the band. So maybe, maybe Joseph can link to this, to the video that I'm talking about. I'll, I'll send you more information about it, but it's definitely yeah. Once, once you once you hear somebody describe what Bonham was up to, you can't hear Zeppelin the same way, and it's glorious. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. I also would like to add on that that Jimmy Page, <laughs> though he's known for his guitar playing, is should also be given credit for that effect because he would put John Bonham's drum set um, on the first floor of a of like a staircase. I think yeah. it's a big hollow room and then hang the mics above at the ceiling. So he would create that huge sound. Oh, so wow. he, would get, he would get natural reverb and place mics all around the studio. So he would get reverb uh, by distance. Yeah. So that's an interesting, yeah. nice collaboration between the two to get that sound. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Did we vote? 
Not we should vote. <laughs> Let's vote. One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimous. And it's no surprise again. I hope Yay. you forgive the lack of dramatic tension today for the uh, pleasure of these incredible, amazing poems. Um, these were so rich and dense, and we had so much to say that uh, I think we'll table the others that we were going yes. to talk about and Maybe. just have this be the Kaylor Carcone off uh, show. Um, what if her name is actually Carcone? Or Carcione. Like, when do, you, when, do you, when do you put a ch in that? Is it, does it have to be two C's in the middle? Or an I, right? Or an I, yeah. An I after the C, right? Yeah. Um, C-A-R-C-O-N-E. I mean, yeah, C-A-R, car-cone. So I've been pronouncing it terribly phonetically. Um, all right. Um, this has been an amazing show. Yeah. And it's all due to her and you guys. Thank you so much. Anybody have anything quick they want to say? Magic watches. <laughs> Pixie Dust, Led Zeppelin, John Led Coltrane. Zeppelin. What else is there to say? We love you. Come back to the UAE. Samantha and I are here. We'll take all the PBQ editors and staff members are have a carte blanche welcome to come and visit us in Abu Dhabi. Yes. yes, please. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks uh, to our listeners. Join us on all social media platforms. Um, let us know what you think of the episode, what we're publishing, what we're doing, all of those things, and uh, keep reading. Thank you. Woo! Woo! <laughs>